0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the Plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. We're coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Kim Berry, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress We've got a loaded show on this Friday, Auburn football taking on San Jose State tomorrow from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Coming up on today's program, we're going to have birthdays in sports. We're going to have a nightly TV guide. We will also on today's show chat with Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast. That conversation coming up in our final hour of today's show. If you would like to be a part of the program, call us 334 334- 887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine to be on sports call here today. JJ Ryan Cam and Brooks on the show for you here. Ryan Lavoy, how are you, man?
2: Doing well, man, and um, excited for another week of football and excited that the NFL is here as well. Let's go! We got to see the uh, Bills and Rams last night and. Uh, just really grateful to be breaking down football again and and made it to another cycle another season of of athletics because again in summer despite there being baseball and kind of the conclusion of NHL and NBA in June uh, you know obviously it feels like it kind of ends the cycle and you feel like you you kind of start everything over again in September with with both forms of football and then you'll eventually get into basketball season and that sort of thing so Really looking forward to another weekend of college football. Um, Looking forward to the start of the NFL as well, and uh, I think it's going to be uh, we're going to have a lot of entertaining games. And again, in the college football slate, I just feel like there's a a nice helping of games all of these weeks. I feel like when you ever you have a a college football season that has a big week one, you don't really have much week two. Right, Uh, but I think there are some interesting games involving sec teams again this uh this weekend and so looking forward to everything for sure
1: we've got predictions set to be made a little bit later in the program if we get around to it uh but yeah big week a week two coming up in the sport of college football cam barry how are you today
3: doing well a little bit of a tired friday it kind of feels like just because of the weather but doing well yeah like ryan said nfl is back and i'm just so very happy uh pretty pretty good game last night up until probably like the third quarter um but overall just enjoyed the fact that the NFL was back honestly and um ready to see uh how Auburn plays against San Jose State um especially after what happened last week especially with the quarterback situation and how that's going to progress um as the weeks go on so yeah excited and uh the Braves take on uh the Mariners tonight start that uh I think it was just I think it's just two games maybe three, th- game three series, games yeah. three games three games three game series against the Mariners uh should be a little challenge because the Mariners are trying to fight and uh stay in a, w- a wild card spot I want to say um so yeah that'll definitely be interesting but yeah doing great
1: it's going to be fun to watch Braves baseball this weekend as they get down uh, into the nitty-gritty of the postseason, or of the regular season, trying to get towards postseason competition and seeing whether or not Atlanta can win that National League Eastern Division title. Also in sports, we saw in, in baseball particularly big news today with the pitch clock being instated, uh, the banning of a shift in Major League Baseball. Bases are larger now, so we're going to see some major changes coming to the sport next season in 2023 so we'll make it through the fall here and then uh, come april come april of 2023 when the new season gets started it's going to be a little bit of a different baseball game
3: i am in no way shape or form in support of banning the shift or yeah in, in support of banning the shift i just don't understand if you're a professional baseball player you should be able to adjust and hit at. Whatever. different, places. Yeah, different yeah. places like that's kind of a part of the game and and it's almost i i don't know it's just kind of frustrating to think about it because you're taking away an entire strategy of the game like the shift just kind of was something that somebody came up with and now it's just a part of the game and now you have to readjust if you're a hitter and learn how to get around it because then you're essentially beating it and so that's just kind of my take on it yeah, I mean, it, you said
2: it perfectly, Cam. I mean, it's a, it's a strategy. Uh, there's not a whole lot of strategies in baseball um, that go on with non-pitcher-catcher relationships, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, we've we kind of, in recent years, done away with small ball, which means that part of the strategy is not as is common, just getting runners over, bunting, stealing bases, that sort of thing uh, has really gone out for most teams. And Alan, you talk about defensively something to guard against these three true outcome guys that only homer, strike out, and walk. Well, if they're only homer, strike out, and walk, a lot of them do that by pulling the ball a lot. And so, um, they you've invented this sh- shift to get rid of you know these guys just being able to pull their way to hits. And look, like any strategy, sometimes they, it backfires. Sometimes. The the hitter does figure it out and hit Literally. one on the other side, and you know it doesn't it doesn't work one hundred percent of the time. It certainly is an advantage for the defense and works more for them, but it doesn't. It's not immune, and so it's just like any strategy in any other sport. It's like banning a zone in basketball, or, or, yes, or saying it's in perfect. football you can't have you can't have four the uh, players beyond yeah. twenty yards from the from the field so no, no safeties so you over can the top. allow the Hail Mary now <laughs> oh, um gosh. so you know that there is um I just think it's a vast overreaction and, and just leaning into the hitters too much I, I I will say on the flip side of things I do uh I'm I think I'm going to be a fan of the pitch clock um interesting stuff that I was reading from Mark Bowman today about the Braves pitching staff that Um, The pitch clock is going to be 15 seconds if no one's on base, 20 seconds with someone on base. Right now, only two Atlanta Braves pitchers pitch that quickly, Uh, Jesse Chavez and Bryce Elder, who is not even with the team constantly. Um, Most of the guys are three to five seconds slow, and the major league average for – someone that is pitching out of a windup or pitching with no on base is 18.1 seconds yeah. so on average pitchers will have to speed up three seconds and that's a similar figure for out of the stretch uh, with with runners on kenley jansen with his abbreviated windup and his hip flex and whatever's going on he's not going on he always is 11 seconds slow on average oh man he his average time of delivery or time to delivery is 26.1 seconds It does take a while yeah with how far how long he looks in and then thinks about it and then kind of the hip wiggle and so because technically we're just talking about time between pitches we're not even you know his you can have a long wind up it's when you go into the pitching motion that's what i was gonna Um, gonna ask and so really i'm talking about his hip wiggle and all that but once he starts the motion when he pauses midway and then throws like a Johnny Cueto pitch that was fine it's just everything leading up to it but he is 11 seconds um, below what will have to be required of pitchers next year so that will start to speed up the game I think it also could lead to some Errant, more errant pitching i think could be an unintended consequence you could have pitchers that are not as dialed in or or maybe or maybe it works the opposite way maybe you have pitchers and the hitters aren't ready and and that sort of thing but regardless i think it will have the opportunity to shape 10 to 15 minutes a game off of some of these baseball games and i think that would be a beneficial thing so major league baseball didn't go over today huh. um but at the same time i think the shift is a pretty egregious change here for major yeah. league baseball I,
3: I have a question, so. I Because I, I know you keep up with this a lot more, especially just even through minor leagues and stuff, because they have the pitch clock going in the minor leagues, correct? mm mm-hmm. um, So what is the penalty for when ball. they take the, – So it's just a ball? Yeah. Okay. I believe it's just a ball. You don't, They don't get on base for it. Um,
2: it's just – yeah, it's a ball. Okay. Yep.
3: Gotcha.
1: It's gonna, But it's crazy. I mean, only two Braves pitchers right now, as yeah, you said, would not, be it's not able to go out there and throw. Yep. Again, you've got – Five starting pitchers, so you don't even have enough right now to field your starting rotation, and then every team's got large bullpens. You've got so many guys that have got to be able uh, to get this pitch clock down, and uh, it's going to just be a big adjustment. To By watching. the way,
2: though the specific numbers are Elder is right on the figure. He's 15.0, mm. but Chavez is – one of the quicker workers in the league, he works at like twelve point nine seconds, awesome. which is incredible. Um, but when that average is eighteen one, that means that means half the pitchers are faster than that already, and that means a lot of the pitcher, or, or excuse me, a lot of uh, half the pitchers are already slower than that, and that still means there's still two point nine three seconds worth of pitchers that are better than league average in pace of pitching. And are yet still, still would be deemed slow. not good yeah. enough, not fast enough. So um, that's like I said, that's where I feel like it's going to make at least somewhat of a tangible difference because that is going to require essentially every single pitcher, probably about ninety to ninety-five percent of the pitchers in Major League Baseball are going to have to speed up because of this. So when you think about each team throwing between 110 and 150 pitches in a game, if every one of those pitches is a couple seconds quicker, on average three to four seconds quicker, then that adds up. So, I mean, doing some rough math, you know, every 30 pitches you save a minute at least, or no, excuse me, every 20 pitches you save a minute. So then you save six, seven minutes a team, two teams. So, yeah, it'll help. I think it'll save it'll about. Fifteen minutes a game, or at least that could be the hope.
1: It'll help. Uh, we'll just see. And then the shifts are an entirely different discussion. And and yeah, a lot of changes. And they say that's to the a sport. pace
2: of play thing too, because they argue that you have to wait for the defense to rotate. Oh, I mean, right. we're just talking. We're talking seconds there. Yeah. You know, a few times a game, but but that's the a reason that Major League Baseball will hide behind is that they can save another couple Ooh. minutes a game based off of that. I'm
1: going to be interested to see the batter's uh, adjustments in this as well because you got from a mental perspective, yep. you got to be ready to go. I'm in the box. Pitch is coming. Let's see if we can hit it. So, uh, yeah, change is coming to Major League Baseball starting next season. Let's take our first time out of today's show. When we come back, James from Montgomery has called into Sports Call. James chats with us. After this break, here on Tiger 95.9 FM.
4: Follow us on tweeters.
0: Follow our Sports Call host, JJ Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU.
3: Hashtag,
0: is that two words? I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and
3: all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with my good pals Ryan LaVoy and Cam Barry as uh, we're taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401. or toll free at one 9 Tiger 9 to be on the program. We've got college football tomorrow, NFL on Sunday, and of course we're seeing the Major League Baseball season come to a close. We're getting into the final few weeks. Before the playoffs get started. And then once the playoffs get started, uh, all fun takes place there in the sport as the Atlanta Braves are trying to defend their World Series title. We've been talking a little bit already about what's to come in the sport and uh, some changes coming to the sport in 2023. 2023, we are going to see some changes to the sport, and uh, including pitch clocks being factored in sam dykstra writes for mlb.com and uh, he's got some numbers ryan to give folks an idea of trying to save some time
2: yeah average time of nine inning game by level this season major league baseball is averaging three hours and four minutes that actually feels a minute or two quicker than in previous years i thought it was closer to three ten, but three hours and four minutes triple a two hours 43 minutes that's 21 less minutes for those doing the math at home Double A, two hours and 40 minutes, that's 24 minutes quicker. High A, two hours, 34 minutes, that's a half hour quicker. And single A, two hours and 36 minutes, 28 minutes quicker. So the moral of the story is all those leagues are doing pitch clock, and triple A is the closest to major league time, but it's still 21 minutes quicker. I anticipate some of that. You know, minor leaguers can work at quicker pace. So, I still think maybe more around that 15 minute and speed up, but there's real evidence there that the pitch clock does do its job and speed up games by, again, at least a tangible amount.
1: Those numbers from Sam Dykstra with MLB.com, a minor league baseball reporter, also read his work, MILB.com as well. All right, 334 887 3401. If you would like to call in and be a part, of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. As we go to the phone lines for the first time today... James from Montgomery. James has called in to sports call. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. Yes,
5: I am going to actually break the ice by saying congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. They actually whip off the... Super Bowl champs last night, that was a really, really good game that Josh Allen actually made last night. It it was a Hollywood script ready for the making.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you broke the ice with that one because the Buffalo Bills were pretty elite yesterday.
5: Yes, because I think with the Buffalo Bills, I actually see great things coming out with the Buffalo Bills, and I probably see them actually playing my Dallas Cowboys in, a, in the Super Bowl sometime in 2023. So I'm just going to see, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and keeping my hopes alive to see if the Dallas Cowboys will make it to Glendale, Arizona once again.
1: Yeah, and take on Buffalo because Josh Allen did look amazing. That'd be quite the matchup, Josh Allen versus Dak Prescott. Who's the better quarterback? Who's the better quarterback between Josh Allen and Dak Prescott?
5: I will have to say, I'll give that to uh, no other than Dak Prescott as well.
1: Wow, okay, all right. All right, why do you say that?
5: Well, because with Dak, I mean, he reminds me of like, um, I will have to say he reminds me of Roger Starback, like a younger um, Roger Starback
1: as well. Interesting, interesting take on that.
5: Yes, well, because he's been uh, he's been going through a lot of injuries, been going through a lot, you know, with his social media platforms. I've been, you know, keeping up with him on Twitter, and you know he he's he's done, you know, he's keeping his his um, his head on straight with uh, so with uh, mental health issues that yeah. he, that he that he always talks about his brother and his mother and. And I, I think that's a really, really hard thing for a quarterback to actually, you know, come out and say. But I think he he could talk about that more as, as things look a little bit better for him as well.
1: Yeah, so you think the Cowboys and Bills could be going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. Who's the better wide receiver? Is it C.D. Lamb or Stephon Diggs?
5: I would have to give that to Stefan Diggs because before um I think Stephon was a cowboy at one point, if I'm if I'm correct on that.
1: Yeah, not quite. His brother is, his brother Trayvon Diggs plays for your Cowboys, but Stephon Diggs was playing for the Vikings.
5: Yes, he was uh he was a Vikings at one point and now he's playing with uh, Josh Allen in, in Buffalo and, and and I think you know, I mean, with Stephon Diggs, I probably see him like in a in a Hall of Fame uh, ballot someday yeah. as
1: well. And you do like his brother, right?
5: Yes, I actually do love uh, Trayvon Diggs. I, I do. I actually love um, you know when they actually um, match up. You know, wide receiver to wide receiver is is always a it's always a good brother. Uh, it's like a sibling rivalry going on in the NFL as well. I've seen that with most teams to have a, a family connection as well. Yeah,
1: no, you're right about that. You're right about that, and he's been great so far in his young career. He led the NFL in interceptions last season. Uh, do you think C.D. Lamb is going to have a big season as a wide receiver?
5: Um, yes, I think C.D. Lamb is going to have a big, uh, a big turnout this year and seeing what he's really gonna do for, for the Cowboys on Sunday as well.
1: All right. We'll have to see how all that plays out. Tell me something else on your mind.
5: Well I know that um you know from last from last night's game, um one of the uh, players for the Los Angeles Rams have called his retirement. Uh I think that is uh Number ninety nine. He actually called his retirement earlier today as well. I uh, uh, think it's Aaron. I think it's Aaron Donald.
1: You think he retired?
5: Yes, he has called it his retirement. And while they were talking with him on uh, first take, they were actually he was actually going to retire from playing with the Los Angeles Rams because I think it's time for him to hang it up and just, you know, be with his family as well. And I see Aaron Donald as a as a, um, as a Hall of Famer as well. Yeah, Aaron so. Donald
1: most certainly will be a Hall of Famer at some point in his career. But, uh, yeah, I think he might just be mulling retirement. I, I think that was something that they were talking about at the end of last season. But this guy is arguably the greatest defensive player of all time. I mean, he is absolutely dominant on a football field. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron Donald play some more football and looking forward to seeing him one day in Canton, Ohio, as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame.
5: Yes, as well, because, I mean, he is really, he's a really good uh, football player on and off the field as well. And I'll probably see him, you know, be a first-round Hall of Famer, a first-round ballot Hall of Famer in Canton, Ohio, in, in the near future as well.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens and uh we'll see how he can move forward. That's for sure. What did you think about those Major League Baseball changes that we were talking about about uh the pitch clock and trying to speed the game up a little bit and banning defensive shifts?
5: Well, I am very excited with that. So, um that's very exciting to actually see that that's going to be coming out in 2023. So, um with Major League Baseball and uh you know the affiliates with uh, my home team, the Montgomery Biscuits, I mean we're we're just gonna see how things are gonna look um, you know, for twenty twenty three as well and uh seeing what changes we might make uh at the end of this year when the when the season is um is uh, is actually wrapped up at the end of uh September as well.
1: Yeah. It it'll be fun to see kind of what changes moving forward uh with the game and and uh, how exactly these pitch clocks are implemented if they're going to get the success and feedback that they want to see in that sort of thing. Do you have anything else on your mind today?
5: Um, Well, actually, I do. I'm actually going to be watching at 11 a.m. I'm going to be watching the Texas Longhorns actually defeating the Alabama Crimson Tide. So I got a Texas Winning it all on uh, Saturday morning as well.
1: I just don't know. It feels like it's going to be tough for Alabama to win that football game. Convince me why Texas is going to win.
5: Well, because Texas, they really have a great uh, a great head coach. They really have a good quarterback, and and with a lot of people that are going to be in in uh, in the stadium tomorrow. That's going to be kind of hard for Alabama to actually get, you know, to actually wrap their head around a lot of noise, to cancel that noise out. So I know it's going to be kind of loud in in uh, Arlington, Texas. So I think it's going to be very hard to, to keep a, a a steady mindset when you're playing against Texas as well.
1: Yeah, Texas is in Austin. The uh, Austin, oh. Texas is where it's at. Yeah.
5: Okay, in in Austin, Texas. On that, sorry. <laughs>
1: no, you're good. You're good. But you do think Texas is going to win the football game?
5: Yes, I actually I do. I do indeed, because um, yesterday they were showing um, highlights from different years that all Aub- that Alabama and Texas actually played, and some of the some of the highlights weren't quite. There weren't quite. Honest as well Some of them were a little
1: bit off as well They faked the highlights You think they created fake highlights
5: Yes because They did the first one And Alabama Did not win against Texas in the first one when they Actually played And I think when uh, They said that Alabama Won the first one um, When they actually played in 1973 and and i actually looked at it i actually um looked through the highlights on my phone and in 73 texas actually beat alabama but it was a higher scoring um percentage on that one as well
1: who's your favorite texas football player of all time
5: a lot of choices it's kind of hard to to determine as well
1: you like Vince Young
5: um I actually when I was a little kid I used to I used to look up to Vince Young as well and um you know trying to trying to to imitate him as well you know all the running styles that he used to do as well
1: yeah he'd probably be my favorite Texas player of all time
5: Yes, uh well. And then this weekend, uh, well, tomorrow I'm going to be uh, waiting for Auburn and uh, San Jose State. So I think this is going to be a really, really good uh, game. It's going to be loud. It's going to be – it's just going to have a lot of fireworks in, in Jordan Harris Stadium as well. And I know this is homecoming weekend, and then on top of that is uh, first responders weekend. I wish I was there to you know to be there for homecoming as well but you know I'll probably be there in spirit as well
1: yes no doubt about that well James we certainly appreciate the phone call we look forward to watching Auburn football tomorrow and uh we'll have to chat with you sometime next week okay
5: all right sounds good and I actually um would like to have uh Beatles trivia on Monday
1: we can do that we'll have that for you ready to rock and roll on Monday okay
5: all right, sounds good. And
1: War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, let's go ahead and we'll take our next break here on the show. Good to hear from James right there, talking about a variety of different topics in the wide world of sports. When we come back, let's chat with the retired Amp Steve. Let's do up next here on Sports Call.
0: We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Cam Barry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy. We've got a four-man crew today. A couple of days this week, we've only had two folks here in the house, but uh, four folks to call in and chat with here on this fun Friday, an amazing Friday here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the oh, Tiger Communications yeah. app. We had some high school football yesterday, with Beauregard winning, and uh, they're 4-0 on the season. We'll have Smith Station football later tonight on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Let's take your phone calls, 334-887-3401, or toll free at one 888 9 As we go to our Auburn Bank phone line,
0: War Damn Steve.
1: War Damn Steve has called into sports call. Hi, Steve.
6: Good afternoon. It is now officially War Damn Friday. War Damn Friday. We yeah, love it. All right. So, uh, you know, there's such a thing, you know, in the Bible called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse.
7: That's so right. Because
6: four of you guys on today, is it the four radio broadcasters of the Apocalypse? <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> it very well could be.
6: Very good. All right, well, let's get to it. I heard your comments about the, uh, uh, the clock issue thing. Um, who do you think will have the advantage? I mean, will, will the batters, or the pitchers, or nobody?
1: It's a fair question to ask. I mean, guys, what do you think? you think it's more pro-batters or pro-pitchers, Brooks, to speed it up I a little I think it bit?
8: depends on the individual because, you know, you, you when you get a, into the baseball, you, you watch. Some batters like to step out of the box after each pitch, take, take their time, you know, swing the bat once or twice and get back in. And so it, for guys like that, it's going to mess up their routines a little bit. But then on the other side, you've got pitchers that, you know, take a little bit of time. They'll sit and they'll, you know, go hit the rosin bag after every a couple pitches. They'll come back up, blow in their hands, sit there, shake off a few pitches, and then finally decide on one. And then there's other pitchers that go out there and they're just rocket right back and forth. So I think it depends on the individual. I don't know if in one group is going to be affected more, either batters or pitchers, but I think it just depends on the individual and their routine because, you know, you always talk about baseball players are so routine-based when, when whatever they're doing, and I think it just depends on the individual.
6: All right. With well, the follow-up to that, when does the clock officially start?
8: Uh, I believe right when the ball hits the pitcher's glove back, uh, when, when the when the catcher has it, or maybe throws it's it out. Th-
2: maybe it's thrown back. When it's thrown, when it's thrown
8: back. back, maybe.
6: Okay. All right. Well, let's move on, guys. Regarding rules, did you happen to – Uh, Hear or read the explanation, according to Coach Harzan, given by the SEC officials uh, about the uh, infamous uh, 15, what was it? uh, Yeah, run into the kicker uh, penalty against uh, Auburn uh, last weekend. Did you read the explanation given?
2: Yes, I did see that. I saw that. uh, Well, I thought
6: that was flimsy. Now, it's not my opinion because Philip Marshall on on his columns this week actually spoke to. Two former SEC officials, and they said, at best, it was in a gray area. But they said if they had been refereeing, they would, it would have been a non-call. But yet the explanation given was what? He was in the tackle box. I got those at you guys. If you're a defensive player and you're going after the punter uh, and it's a bad snap, it goes over his head, are you saying to yourself, okay, let me see if he's in the tackle box before I tackle him?
2: No, uh, you don't but...
6: How do you make that decision?
2: What decision?
6: That, oh, wait, I can't touch you because he's in the tackle box.
2: Well, I mean, at the same time, like, it's still a punter, and you know just in general that 99.5% of plays involving the punter are punts. They're usually normal, and you know that unless you make contact with the ball, you usually can't hit the punter. Um, and I... As quirky as that play was, I just remember when it happened live. I said, "Oh, they just hit the punter." That's I, I still thought got you know initial reaction they were going to throw a flag for that, and then they ended up doing that. And so I really, it was a strange play, and I'm really surprised that uh, we're still talking about this on Friday.
6: Yeah, well, you know, the reason I bring it up is because uh, you don't. I mean, they have no way of knowing the defensive uh, players if the punter may or may not. You know, he may just fall on it, or he may try to throw it at the pass because that happens in the Super Bowl. You remember that?
2: Yeah, you, you have fake punts from time to time. Yeah. But you so, can hit uh, the punter if they're throwing. I mean, it's kind of obvious if they're trying to drop the ball down to kick it or if they are trying to roll out and throw it.
6: Okay. All right. I'm going to leave that alone. Enough of my whining and complaining. Here's what I don't want to be whining and complaining about come Monday. Uh, you know, I'm, I know he, he was playing with me, but I'm, I'm putting down $1,000 again on Auburn, minus 23. It's 23 points now that we're favored by. So what I don't want to come Monday uh, and complain and whine about is I don't want Auburn, myself, to be on the Bad Beat section episode uh, of Mr. Van, uh, of Van Pelt, um, uh, you know, his Bad Beat section, because last, last weekend I got robbed. Uh, with that
2: garbage touchdown i think i i feel confident about it um san jose state again they struggled with portland state they should have they could have eaten. i shouldn't say should have i didn't watch the game but they could have lost they trailed the entire fourth quarter they were down 17 14 before they scored with like two or three minutes left so um san jose state has already demonstrated struggling with an fcs team uh, that's probably very similar to the caliber of mercer San Jose State's got to come across the country to play this game. Uh, I do not expect this to be – I would take Auburn in the over, and I would take it pretty confidently.
6: Okay. Well, uh, I hope you're as confident, and uh, hopefully the team is uh, that confident. I want to see some people who are not starters or first-string players uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, I want to see some backups. Uh, What do you hope to see, guys?
2: I I hope to see the same look. I mean, there's only so much we can learn about the starters playing teams like this. We've talked about that in the lead up to the season. We've talked about it post Mercer, and we're going to talk about it pre Penn State. So I think what you just want to see is experience for younger players, for players that are maybe not as set in their roles. Uh, I think you saw Brian Harson kind of allude to the fact that he would like to get some freshmen in there for this game because look. We all know with the new redshirt rule that was implemented about five years ago or so that you can play guys three or four times in a season before they burn a redshirt, and this is the game to do that because in all likelihood you're not playing freshmen that haven't played all year in games like Texas A&M and Arkansas and Ole Miss and Alabama. So this is the time to play them, and so I think you'll see in the fourth quarter a lot of guys get opportunities that – uh, wouldn't otherwise get opportunities. And, and that could be the same for the quarterback position. That could be the same for a lot of different positions out there.
1: Got about four minutes left in the hour, Steve. Four minutes left.
6: Hey. All right, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm on the clock. All right, so, you know, I, yeah, because last last uh, weekend we saw people like Derek Hall, uh, Cam, Hill, still, uh, Cam Riley still uh, in there, you know. Yeah, oh. until the last
2: drive, the starters were essentially out there. Yeah, last drive or two
6: i don't want to see that all right moving on real quickly guys do you know what happened on this date in the nfl in uh i'll give you the date 2007 15 years ago
2: 2007 and off the top of my head
6: Uh, i thought you might have known this one spygate
1: wow 15 years that's crazy
6: yep it's Uh, been that long the NFL nabs New England Patriots in spygate scandal. Let's go. Uh, All right. Uh, I loved it. And how did it happen? Apparently, uh, one of their assistants, who's twenty six year old, uh, was videotaping what hand signals from New York Jets defensive assistants on video. Uh, they caught him, and uh, you know what? Uh, you, I, I, to me, that wasn't very much money. Belichick was fined five hundred thousand dollars, which was a maximum. And the team only 250000 And they had to forfeit their first-round pick in the 2008 draft. But so here's what uh, they said was remain controversial. The NFL destroyed the Spygate game tape. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, but they actually destroyed it and didn't, didn't save it. All right. So uh, moving on, guys. Uh, I heard your, your, your forecast for tomorrow, and hopefully we won't have any more rain delays, but thunderstorms, uh, you know, they may have happened. Yeah. But on this date, guys, in history, real quickly, we became the United States of America. Interesting. In 1776, the Continental Congress, again, according to the History Channel, formally declared the name of the new nation to be the United States of America. So there you have it there. If you didn't know it then, you know it now. That's right. Uh, so Mr. Brad Law says, I haven't heard his
7: comments
6: right. uh, <laughs> from yesterday either. So uh, with that being said, guys... Um, you know, we've uh, got some uh, people who I'm hoping we can convince uh, to come to our side. we got two five-star players from Montgomery. You know that, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. They came for a an visit last week. They
6: came for a visit spontaneously. They could have yeah. gone to Alabama. James game, Davis and go. Quay
1: Russo, yeah.
6: Guys, have you heard any... Any leaks as to how strong or leaning they may be uh, to Auburn?
1: Auburn's doing everything they can to. Uh, they're they're doing a, a really nice job with the full court press. But uh, we'll have to get more uh, updates and insight in the coming weeks.
6: And finally, Mr. Uh, Bryant Smith, former Auburn basketball player, will now be on our assistant coaching staff. Right?
1: That's right. Yeah. KT Harrell has had a similar position over the past few years, and now Bryant Smith is coming back and he's going to get to join the team and, and be on the coaching staff again. What a fun player he was uh, back for the Auburn Tigers 15, yeah, 20 years really, ago.
6: He was an excellent player. So real quickly, guys, who all is going to the game officially or just is merely
1: observers? We'll have a lot of folks kind of uh, yeah. around and that sort of thing. I might be going. kind of depends on the weather. We'll, a lot of we'll people want to wait out goes. the weather and yeah. see how it goes. Ryan and I will be in the comforts of a press box tomorrow, though.
6: Okay. Well, have your uh, – cheez and Cheetos and whatever else. Exactly. You have we'll be, we'll get all day. our fuel. All right, guys. Thank you for your time. Y'all have a enjoyable and restful weekend. And uh, until Monday, War Eagle, guys. War, War Eagle, Eagle,
1: indeed. War Eagle. That's our good buddy, retired Ornam Steve, joining us here on the program. 334-887-3401. I thought those This Day updates were pretty good. Spygate 15 years ago.
2: I'm sure Brooks thinks the Spygate one.
1: United right. States of America, oh, yeah. 1776. I saw another one today. Five years ago today, Baker Mayfield planted the flag uh, in the middle of uh, the uh, Ohio State logo at midfield. Ah, uh, Five years a, ago today. And uh, coming up on Sunday,
3: iconic movement
1: for I will be rooting for Baker Mayfield and my Carolina Panthers taking on his former team, the Cleveland Browns. Football season is here. All right, we've reached the end of hour number one of Sports Call. Your phone calls are welcome. We're back in a moment. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Cam Berry. I'm JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
0: One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the Plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson is my name inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry. We're having fun so far. One hour concluded and we've got more to go here on this Friday as Auburn prepares for their game tomorrow, taking on San Jose State from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Kickoff set for 6.30. The broadcast will start at 3.30 p.m. on FM Talk 93.9 with the Tiger Tailgate Show. We do this each and every day as what we want to do right now to open up the second hour of our program is celebrate our birthdays in sports.
0: It's time for today's birthdays and sports. All right, birthdays
1: in sports here on a Friday, a fun Friday, indeed. And um, we're going to have a group project for birthdays and sports today. Once we get to the end of this, are we? requiring it at the very end today, September 9th, 2022. Here are our birthdays. Bob Stoops is turning 62 years old. The game. The former college football head coach current Dallas Renegades head coach of the XFL. He was the head football coach at Oklahoma from 1999 until 2016. And as an interim in the 2021 Alamo Bowl, completely forgot about that, but he did come back. People forget. After uh, after Lincoln Riley failed on him, he's like, I'll come back. 191-48 uh, and 48 record as the Oklahoma head coach, national champion in 2010, 10-time Big 12 champion as a head coach, two-time Walter Camp coach of the year, He's a six-time Big 12 coach of the year. He's been an assistant coach at Iowa, Kent State, Kansas State, and Florida. Big Game Bob is turning 62, Brooksy. Big Game Bob. I remember always... I was just going to say Big Game Bob. Yeah. To make big sure. Game Bob. <laughs> yeah.
8: He was, he was such Bob. a fun coach to watch. And, you know, I know a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of auburn i guess history with them because it seems like every single time that there's been a coaching vacancy in the last 10 15 years at auburn for head <laughs> coach stoops. everyone or there, there's always the one room that's oh did you hear bob stoops was in town interviewing for the job yeah he, he was here yeah it, he was this close to coming so, so this
2: joke was on us it was mike yeah <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even mark the Kentucky. Conti- it was mike the the, the guy that got fired from arizona
1: Bob Stoops, 62 years old today. Matthew Slater is 37, NFL special teams player for the Patriots. Officially, if he had to line up at a position, it would be wide receiver. The three-time Super Bowl champion, two-time first-team All-Pro, 10-time Pro Bowler. Played college football at UCLA Let's go Bruins. from 2003 until 2007. Matthew Slater is a name that every major football fan knows, and this guy's a 10-time Pro Bowler. As a special teams extraordinaire, That's that right. is quite yeah. the career.
8: It's like got to be Belichick's favorite player. Uh, yeah, that and the, like the Yale guy he picks at the in the draft.
1: Yeah, just saying. Slater's been so consistent. Billy Hamilton is 32 years old, MLB outfielder with the Minnesota Twins. Drafted by the Reds in 2009, he played in Cincinnati from 2013 until 2018, has played with the Royals, Braves, Giants, Mets, Cubs, Indians, White Sox, Mariners, Marlins, and now Twins. He has, in his career, 321 stolen bases. Billy Hamilton is 32 years old today. Too
2: bad he's got like a 221 career batting average. <laughs> that boy fast. He would have. He would have stole double the amount of bases.
8: He he played his. You know. You said he was drafted by Cincinnati. He played double A at Pensacola, Uh and so I got to watch him in double A, and it was like he was so fast. And you just that that was always the uh, when they do the news clip at the in in the sports segment, and be like, oh, the Blue Wahoos played tonight. Always one of the clips was him stealing a base every single game.
1: Shane Battier is 44 years old, the former NBA small forward, two-time NBA champion with the Miami Heat. He was the number six overall pick in the 2001 NBA draft, two-time NBA All-Defensive second team, NBA Teammate of the Year award winner in 2014. How about that? The Teammate of the Year award winner in 2014 for Shane Battier. Good guys. That's awesome. Uh, he played in his NBA career with the Heat Grizzlies Rockets. Played four years of college basketball at Duke University, Meh. where he was a national champion in 2001. The 2001 Naismith Player of the Year, number 31 jersey, retired by Duke. One of the greatest what? college basketball players. Three time Defensive Player of the Year award winner in college basketball. That will never be done again. Shane Battier. 44 years old. Bold proclamation. It's just yeah. not going to happen again. Nobody's yeah. going to no, Nobody's
8: not going to happen. Uh, Mark it down.
2: Well, JJ would know. He knows that the media bias would never
7: allow anyone <laughs> outside of the <Duke laughs> university to do that.
8: Um,
1: Luke Mbamute. And if you want to throw his middle name in there, Luke Rashard, Rashard Mbamute. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, first name Luke, last name Mbamute. I'm a former NBA power forward. Drafted by and played with the Bucks from 2008 until 2013. Also played with the Kings, Timberwolves, 76ers, Clippers, and Rockets. Played college basketball at UCLA. Bruins. He plays for the Cameroonian National Team.
2: That Shane Battier doesn't do that.
1: <laughs> uh, Jr. Smith has a birthday today. A former NBA shooting guard. 18th pick in the 04 NBA Draft. Drafted out of high school. Two-time NBA champion. Also, I love this. Shane Battier, two-time NBA champion with LeBron James. J.R. Smith, two-time NBA champion with LeBron James. Uh, He also played one season with the Zhang Golden Bulls in the Chinese Basketball Association. He's recently enrolled at North Carolina A&T State University to pursue his college degree and play college golf. J.R. Smith, happy birthday, brother. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) Brother. I think my uh, <laughs>
8: my favorite J.R. Smith, two there's two favorite two favorite J.R. Smith pictures of all time is at the championship parade where he's just shirtless for hours, yep. just I showed up without a shirt. I don't know where his shirt went. And then the second one is when it. he's standing on the court holding the basketball, and LeBron is just like it baffled that he is holding the basketball. <laughs> that was sad.
1: Uh, happy birthday, J.R. Smith! Birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. You've got convenient locations in Auburn, one on Gage Street and then won in Opelika on Frederick Road. Let Max Credit Union help you with all your banking needs. One more birthday to go. Luka Modric is turning 37 years old, a Croatian midfielder for Real Madrid. He won the Ballon d'Or Award in 2018. Ten-time Croatian Footballer of the Year. Five-time Champions League winner. Three-time La Liga champion, and was a runner-up at the World Cup. In 2018, Luca Modric is 37 years old today. I just want to point out it's
8: Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'or, d'Or. Sure, cute.
1: Uh, in 2018, wow. Ballon yeah. d'Or. Okay, my apologies. Um,
8: has Mo Salah won that award? Because you should know it if a little yes players has. won it. Yes, I
1: so. No, Mo won
2: the balloon. <laughs> won the balloon. That's <laughs> what the Liverpool All right, guy did. birthdays
8: and yeah. sports. Here's our
1: project. All right. All right yeah, a group project for it. All right. All right. Yep. We're going to power rank those seven guys that have a birthday. Whoa. All right. Oh, uh okay. yeah. Battier last. And just by <laughs> however we – I mean, obviously, it's multiple sports. So
2: Modric, here we Battier, go. Ma- Bamute. Uh, Bob,
1: Stoops, Bob Stoops, Matthew Stoops. Slater, sorry, sorry. Billy
8: Hamilton, and J.R. Smith.
2: God, this uh, is a lot. Bob alive. Stoops, number one. Yeah, Bob Stoops Bob is number
8: one? Yeah, Bob Stoops is yeah. number one. Wait, you said this is anybody's criteria? Yeah, what, however
1: right. you guys want to rank right. them. Rank those I, birthdays. Bob Stoops is do one. Do you want to keep going? I yeah, got keep
2: going. Number two, two. two. is Modric. Luka Modric. Yeah? Uh. Yeah, well, he's because he's a... If you're just talking about who's in their sport, where they rank...
1: I just want you to be one. He do won the top soccer rankings. player
2: in the world. Right. So he's damn good at soccer. It's true. He might even be above Stoops if you just talking like top of the profession. Right, so I would have but I'm going to go Stoops
7: because football. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, I would have J.R. You know, Smith number college two. College wasted potential guys <laughs> in NBA probably. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Keep going. <laughs> what?
1: He had a solid career. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah. Sorry. But
2: I would have expected the three time Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC. Never in be done in again. Basketball to uh, you know, be it a will, three-time I mean, It's never going to be done again. I'm
1: sorry, Brooks. I don't mean to give you bad news if that's bad news to you. Yeah, just I like, speak, you know, just like they... Coach
2: K will never coach another Duke game again. Wow. He lost to <laughs> North Carolina. I ended it. That was it.
7: All
1: right, where are you <laughs> putting Billy <laughs> Hamilton? <laughs>
2: um, oh, man. Never I'm going to put Hamilton again. sixth. I'm going to put Mute last. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can still do this objectively. Batty is not last, although in my heart he is. Yeah. Um, so seventh Bamute, sixth Hamilton. I'll go, I'll go Slater fifth, and then I'll go, Jr fourth and Battier three. I like that. Yeah, Modric two, Stoops one. Okay. Is that okay, Dookie boy? That's okay. Is that okay, Battier I like that. third? I, like I just love you.
1: I love Jr Smith too. I mean, like I said, both I of know, those guys. On, they've got the same birthday, also and they did both not know won the score
2: in a very important game. <laughs>
1: yes, inexcusable. But they both won <laughs> championships. With LeBron James, who was Two a of bigger them. part? Two this of is, them.
2: Who was a bigger part?
1: I think they this both were a great. I really if do. If you
2: had to say one had a bigger part, which well, let me just reframe the question. Oh man! If you had to choose one, you take one. I
1: think they're both the in the same spot. You take uh, one. I'll right, have 34 you take, seconds. You
8: take one of those players off that championship team. Who do you have a better chance of winning a championship? They with, still win. With they still win the championship
1: without those guys. I, I'm serious. They still won the championship <laughs> without you could find somebody else to Here's do those roles. Here's what I'll say about Jr. You have 18 seconds. Here's what I'll seconds. say about JR. You have a 18
2: seconds. Now going you going to have break. 15 seconds. We're J- going to break. 2016 Game 7, Jr. Smith hit a couple threes yes. in the third quarter that were very difficult, that were very important in a low-scoring game. That's all I'm yeah. saying.
1: And Shane Battier played great defense for those Heat title teams. Yeah. Locking down Kawhi sure. at times. All right, I was just asking a question.
0: J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Jeff Whitaker, Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion. and You are listening to Sports Call on Tiger
3: 95.9.
1: Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson, Cam Berry, Brooks Childress, Ryan LaVoy. How are vibes on this Friday? Are we nice. good?
3: Solid vibes. Yeah. Spicy.
1: <laughs> they are a little spicy. Spicy vibes. They're a little Contentious. spicy. Contentious. Was that okay that we had that project for birthdays in sports? I just want to spice it that. up a little bit from was, time to time. different. We yeah. had seven
8: birthdays. So
1: That's a lot. a lot. That's you a lot.
8: Some
7: days
2: we struggle for three.
8: Right. Would you like to know who I was going to rank one in my power rankings? Yes. Matthew Slater.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And it's your power rankings. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. who's
8: the number two? Who? Billy Hamilton.
1: He's fast. He that's is fast. fast. He's fast. All right, rank all seven guys by speed.
7: <laughs> I don't know. Is Shane
8: Battier <laughs> deceptively
1: fast? No, right. See, no. I give Ryan a thought project, and this guy, that's what you I, I love about Ryan LaVore. How here? Is that he legit, Can't. he's going to give me the Can't. rankings by like speed. Like, currently. Cur- I mean, just however. As Hamilton.
2: they are today?
8: <laughs> yeah. Some of them are a little older. <laughs> like Bob Stoops went in a forty. Years old today.
2: Prime Billy Hamilton's the fastest person on here. Yeah,
3: um, he probably I, throw Luca's second soccer player.
2: Uh yeah, but Moders was a midfielder. He didn't have to sprint as much. I'm, I'm durable. I mean stamina, yeah, stamina. Sure, I mean he'll you know keep running and running. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the wide receiver. Matthew Slater, Slater two, yeah, Slater. Smith three. Battier was always pretty dang slow, actually. I, I'm, I'll i go Modric 4, mm. Bob Ute 5, Battier 6, and we all know Bob, Bob Soup. Soup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure he like... I'm sure when he saw a good Gatorade bath coming, he tried to get the Jets going and get away from
8: that. <laughs> he gets a nice little jog coming out the tunnel.
1: Ryan, thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah.
2: anytime. You just give me people to rank...
1: And you can rank them on the fly.
2: Them. Just absolutely different walks of professional sports, and
1: yeah. Rank the four of us by speed in here. Oh. Cam one, Ryan
2: two.
8: You know JJ, what you're JJ, JJ, yeah, for, you did, yeah, bro. yeah. Don't don't give me more credit than I need.
2: There's a pretty Looks. big chasm between two and the rest of the <laughs> field, but. <clears throat> Cam and Ryan, I'm speaking Brooks myself. Motion in the, motion. Cam and Ryan were the pinch runners on the team yeah. this year. Let's put it that way. Yes,
8: v. I'm still upset that I got pinch ran for, even though I know I'm the slowest. <laughs> because it, Cam did score. He came around to score, and I was like, that could have been my run.
7: <laughs> that could have added to my
8: stats.
1: <laughs> did we ever like, get official final stats me. on the season? I don't think. We I did. don't want them. Just <laughs> needed that the last game, but yeah, we haven't done that yet.
8: We could. I don't want them. Do you guys want to play again? What? Next year. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were ranking. You want
1: to come back for year three? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. You want to come back for year three? I mean, if you'll have me. Yeah. Hopefully, we can get more players, man.
2: That's the... Well, hopefully, we'll have guys tear their ACL in the first game. That's pretty regrettable. That's pretty awful.
1: Look, I've done it before. Tear the ACL. My speed and running has changed ever since that moment in my time in my yeah. life took Used place to be speedster. not at all but i'm just saying i was definitely <laughs> quicker than i currently am
2: he was more dynamic i was and to put it in his <laughs> <sense>. definitely <laughs> the endurance
1: dynamic. was way better and just everything about it was was way better yep. yeah
2: i i hate it for you i yeah. i, I choose, was there both times I, <laughs>
3: neither time was great oh. he said uh, two two times <laughs> with the acl injury so i've been fortunate to never have that happen
1: yeah
8: were you there both times I was there for the second one. I was. You called me. Um. I was actually probably watching Billy Hamilton play baseball <laughs> when it happened the first time. You were in Pensacola. I was what? in Pensacola at a baseball game. That's wild. And you, call, you called. You called me. Did you
2: hang up the phone? said, well, JJ will never be this fast again. He'll <laughs> <laughs> never be. The you same. called
8: me during the game, and I answered it, and I could not hear anything you were saying. And I said, "JJ, I'm at a baseball game. I can't hear a word you're saying." I
2: remember that. I think then I tried to yell into the phone at you, and I could yeah. not hear anything. <laughs> I remember that. We've it's been like friends a long time. J.J. <laughs> is in pain, <laughs> immense pain.
8: Like, I don't know what you're saying, but yeah. I'm having fun. Yeah.
2: Hope you are too. We are going to
1: hospital. <laughs> yeah. You're being hospitable? <laughs> Who's there with you? Yeah. Oh, man. You guys want to talk about college football? Sure. sure. Always. Sure. colt mccoy yeah. how about that colt mccoy i asked james who his favorite texas player of all time is how would you guys gonna, answer that question definitely
3: gonna say colt mccoy is a joke but it's probably vince young
1: okay vince young
3: can i interest anyone in some lima swede <laughs>
2: <smart> <laughs> play?
1: that's good I, yeah
2: i don't know if when he's i my used favorite. to be big
1: in my mock draft days i would be finding ways to draft lima swede that's a good throwback name right there um
8: can I interest anybody in Lil' Jordan Humphrey? Lil' Jordan's Jordan. a great That's name great. too for Texas. I
1: don't, do
2: I have a favorite Texas player? I don't know. I mean, well, see, I'm, I,
1: I'm
8: forcing you to pick one right now. You're good at answering these questions. Like Vince Young is like <sighs> one of the players Most that you iconic. could throw out there, but like I wasn't as big into college football when I was like seven. So watching who's been Vince your favorite Young.
1: Texas player of your lifetime? Dick or the kicker? <laughs> That's a fair answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go. Jamal You're gonna Charles. say.
1: Wow. Okay. I thought That's you were going to say Colt McCoy. That's a good choice. That is a good choice. Thank
2: you. Oh, I just, oh have I have another I well, I have another good one. The top wide receiver for Colt McCoy, Jordan Shipley.
7: Shipley was amazing.
2: Shipley was damn good, and he was unbelievably fast. Yes, I like but it. I'll stick Jamal Charles. Okay. Vince Young was great, and yeah. I I wanted him to have a good career in Tennessee, but also again we're talking. You know, that's all—all of that stuff. Charles and Young are all just on the cusp of me watching more extensive football and being old enough and that sort of thing. So, I I wasn't maybe didn't have the same scope of the country that I do now.
1: Alabama at Texas, number one. Alabama at Texas, tied, favored by twenty. All of us think Alabama will win that game on Saturday. Anyone want
2: to take an under?
1: Under
8: the spread? Because yeah. it's three touchdowns, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. you
2: want to take the under here? Nope. I don't. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, it's tempting. The Absolutely not. It's, it's tempting, tempting,
1: but I don't know. Feinbaum and Stephen A. Smith got into this on first take the other day about that spread. I in assume particular. Feinbaum
2: took it over and Stephen A. was saying maybe not.
1: It's actually the other way. Really? Yeah. Feinbaum, Feinbaum taking saying, an under? Feinbaum saying maybe this could in be this like economy? a 24-point game and then, you know... At the last sure. moment, getting a, a touchdown yeah, to make it seven It's a is like team. them boys are gonna <laughs> come ready to play.
7: Yeah.
1: I believe I remember that back and forth correctly. We'll, we'll program know. it up it's here good.
8: in just a second. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't take the under. Can under? Yeah. I know. I wouldn't take the under. Cam, just, under yeah. over? No. To, it's the under. it's too early. Over. It's because Alabama when they when they've struggled on Nick Saban, they've been cover. Later. I think Alabama covers. Yeah. Yeah. When when Alabama's yeah. under Nick Saban has struggled in games, it's been later in the year a little bit. Like the the early seat, we talked about this off the air the other day.
7: Would be the
8: the, the early season non conference games, they're out the they gates just in and, yeah. and you I'm handily. You look last week at that Utah State game, and I know it's been brought up that they didn't have a sack last week because it was, <laughs> you know, kind of pitch and catch really quickly. Uh-huh. Will Anderson's going to murder Quinn well, Ewers tomorrow. I
2: don't know. I, I a, you're right, because they, Mer- they they did get the ball out quickly, which inherently makes it harder to sack quarterback. B, what do you want? A bunch of sacks with a, giving up a bunch of points, or you want no sacks and no points?
7: <laughs> the, the
2: defense didn't have, give up any points. They did their job. Jeez. I don't know why that's a criticism. Alabama's defensive front's gonna be fine. So I don't know. Yeah, I I, I Alabama covers. I can't decide if Texas will at least like score in the first quarter. And and have the ability to say, we're back. Texas is back. Or if Bama's going to have two touchdowns six minutes in the game, and the crowd's (laughs) already going to be like, yeah, probably not. This is going to be a beatdown. I can't decide which one's going to happen. back.
8: Do y'all remember the, um, since we're talking about Texas, I think it was the Alamo Bowl a few years ago, it was Texas and Missouri. And uh Drew Locke, you know, his like celebration was putting the backpack on and Texas <laughs> took the lead on him. And um who was their Same coach? Ele- no, or, not or, Ellinger did or, it. He was um but the um Todd Herman was uh-huh. on the sideline and he did the backpack thing. He they just scored happened to be
2: fired a couple years <laughs> later, it's all it yeah, was. I just that's
8: the that's the one thing that keeps replaying in my mind when I think of recent Texas football is Dicker the kicker. That's and, a
2: lot going on for an Alamo bowl. Yeah. I that's think the, the argument bowl. for bowls right there. Is look look <laughs> at these absurd no, celebrations. It was going. the
8: Texas Bowl. It, I know because the Either SEC one, wouldn't the Alabama bowl. bowl. It was the Texas Bowl.
2: Still not a huge bowl, though. So there's the argument for if you like bowls. You can have backpack celebrations with with programs that were aggressively average at the time.
8: Missouri had Drew Locke, and they didn't do anything with him. Yeah.
2: And, and that's the thing is, like, we can make fun of Drew Locke kind of as an NFL quarterback, but, like... If you get a guy in the NFL, that means you were damn good in college. Yep. You know, so
0: he was pretty good in
2: college. <coughs> JJ, you here? <laughs> yeah, thoughts? yeah.
1: I'm uh, I'm getting set to uh. He found, uh, he found the thing. the audio. looking for Alabama and Texas. Can the Longhorns keep this game close? First take: Stephen A. Smith, Paul Finebaum.
4: going to Vegas this weekend, and Jeff's going to loan me some money, and I'm going against you. And you just gave the reason why. Alabama doesn't care about this game. This is just a a road trip that they just have to go somewhere and get a win. And sometimes that helps the home team that's a 20-point dog. If you remember last year, and sometimes last year doesn't matter to this year, but Alabama was a big favorite at Florida. They needed a last-second stop. Alabama was a big favorite at A&M. They lost the game. Alabama, big favorite at Auburn. They went to four overtimes. Yeah. This is not a great heavy favorite team on the road because they believe Stephen A. Smith. They're watching right now down in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stephen A. thinks we're going to blow them out by 40. Right. That affects young players. Jeff, you know hey, that. Listen you to coach this. football. Stephen A. is just – but, that, I mean, that, that's just a problem sometimes. And and the team that they're going to beat by more than 20 is the other Texas team, Texas A&M. And I know you agree with me on that. But this time I think it's going to be close. It's going to be down – it's not going to be close in well, the game. We're going to be watching the end of the game to see if Alabama wins by 25 or, or 17. That's right, what we're right, talking right. about. It's a wrong coming. And by the way, you
9: promised me dinner anyway. So consider this your treat when you lose this. You lose this bet. You're going to say you're paying for this dinner. I was yeah, going to you bet. You're know you paying right. after this romp
4: coming, Paul. Hold on. Coming, yeah. boy. Hold on, I, I, hold I on a, say hold say a second. Too. Jeff, Jeff, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an hourly employee at ESPN, and you make more than LeBron James, and I have to buy you dinner if I Thank lose? Thank you. Thank you. That's true. what I was about to say. Paul, Paul, Paul what kind true. of odds are we getting
9: when we bet Stephen A? We got the richest dude at ESPN, not and, even, not, and not, he's trying to spread that. We not got true. to get
4: some of that cash. That's true. To, hey, true. for every dollar this you got more money than, A. Now I mean, we're making it fair. You got exactly. more money than Jeff Bezos, Stephen A. Come on. That is false. That's what I'm talking about, Exactly right. They clearly don't
9: know anything about Disney. They don't know Disney. They don't know Disney. But go ahead. Hey, this is what I will say listen I'm biased my daughter Savannah goes to Alabama so I'm a Bama fan I'm just going to say that right now I believe Bama is about to put the beat down on Texas and I will say this I believe part of it is because of Sark being down there I do think I do think for whatever reason you, you know when you think about Saban and his he he takes a little attitude in this, right? Like, he takes a little pride in the way that he has. And he lost twice last year. And one was the most important of the season. So, I think he's thinking back to himself. Hey, man, I, be- I better start I better start stepping on the necks again of these former coaches. I can't let yeah. two get away, now become three. So, I do think there's going to be a little more of a point of emphasis in RRT's cross. Are our eyes dotted making sure we're on the details because i'm I'm with you there paul like you do want to go down and just get a win and we know alabama they should expect to win i think this means a little more and i think they're going to go down and take care of this business because of that coaching thing I, i think that stuff matters to coaches listen when you think about losing Two times with Fisher. Obviously, now that's going to be painful because of all the 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 the, the, the conversations that have been going on in the offseason. But that Kirby Smart loss mm. that hurts. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube for live streaming sports and premium content. Subscribe to
1: ESPN Plus. There's Stephen A. Smith. Don't forget to subscribe to ESPN Plus. Oh boy, that was uh. First take: Stephen A. Smith, Paul Feinbaum, Jeff Saturday, the third character. They are kind of talking about whether or not this game would be close. I knew I never liked Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: LeVoy household likes Jeff Saturday because he's a Toriel. <laughs> um, so again, I think I don't know if if not.
3: I don't know if.
1: What'd you think of Feinbaum's argument?
3: Uh, it's, it wasn't ter- it wasn't a terrible argument. I could see where he's coming from. I just, But I don't think that it's about care.
2: Are you telling me that Alabama didn't care about the Iron Bowl last year? Really? You know, like, I think there was just a pattern that they weren't as good on the road last year. I just think that's what it was. I don't think they just didn't care whenever they – You know, those true, those true. would be very weird coincidences. Oh, they, they didn't seem to care whenever they were away from Bryant Denny. Um, that's just called not being as good on the road. But I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. You heard – uh, the other day in a press conference, Nick Saban was not aware that horns down was a personal foul penalty, and he basically said, all right, well, I'm going to tell my team that now because I think, he wa- I think he wants them very focused. I do think he wants to beat them pretty bad. And, look, he has respect for Sarkeesian as he does all of his former guys. They worked for him. That means he valued their input to his program. But at the same time, like, he's not going to show Sarkeesian mercy. He's at Texas. Texas is not it's not a piddly program. Like, Texas is, again, one of the top, I don't know, six or seven programs all time in college football. Like, before this Saban dynasty at Alabama, Alabama and Texas were on very equal footing in terms of just what they had done in the sport overall and their prestige and the direction they were going and that sort of thing. And then alabama they win that national championship game against texas in 09 and since then one programs kept going up and been in the penthouse and one program kept going towards the towards the outhouse and so that that's the thing about this year about this game is that alabama is a huge program that is in a good place versus a huge program that is not in a good place. And I think Alabama wants to assert dominance because of that.
1: Fun college football Saturday coming your way tomorrow. We all like Alabama over Texas. Auburn and San Jose State. Also some other games around the conference. Two SEC versus SEC matchups. We break down some of those games and more after this here on Sports Call.
0: Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
1: Alright, welcome back in. It's Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Our podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. That podcast available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, And on the Tiger Communications app, let me give a podcast shout-out to Kevin in St. Louis. Kevin in St. Louis recently sent us an email talking about how much he loves listening to the show from all the way in Missouri, guys. I mean, we're expanding that sports call reach, which we absolutely love. Of course, more folks coming in during football season, getting more callers this week to be on the program as well. So it just makes it so entertaining and a lot of fun. To do this show, all right. Moving forward, here we're looking at week two of the college football season, and uh, let's look at this game—a power five matchup: the Mississippi State Bulldogs and the Arizona Wildcats. Mississippi State at Arizona. Ryan and Cam like Mississippi State to win this football game. Why do you think so, Cam? What do you like about Mississippi State?
3: Uh, I Will wasn't... Rogers, Mike yeah. Leach, yeah, their that offense. Shouldn't be too bad. I feel like I just kind of went with I felt like Mississippi State was just gonna win
2: that one. SEC dominance. Yeah. I mean
1: SEC dominated the Pac twelve this all past honesty. week. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so for Arizona, they had a interesting week one where they were able to beat San Diego State pretty good. And San Diego State is usually one of the better Mountain West programs. They've been challenging Boise State here recently, uh, to win that conference a little bit. So there was actually a, a nice little check mark for Arizona because they had been uh, really poor the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, under Kevin Sumlin, they had just been awful, and had been uh, low key running is one of the worst Power Five programs out there the last couple of years. Uh, so that so them being able to beat San Diego State did make it maybe a little bit more interesting for Mississippi State. But yeah, again, I I, I talked about this a lot in the preseason. Mississippi State has the personnel it wants to have. Uh, this is year three for Mike Leach, which means he has had the opportunity to. Uh, kind of redo everything with offensive line, with the types of wide receivers he wants, which are make plays after the catch guys. He's got a quarterback in Wilt Rogers that runs the offense very well and had a great week one against Memphis through five TDs over 400 yards. (laughs) And if I'm just looking at Mississippi State compared to last year, remember that Memphis team, look, you can think Memphis is going to be bad this year. That's great. They were not very good last year either, and they beat Mississippi State in Memphis and in that controversial game this year Mississippi State pounded Memphis they were up I think 35 to 10 or 35 to 3 Man. or something like that in the third quarter uh, before <laughs> Memphis started to, to get on the board a little bit towards the end but Mississippi State really controlled that game dominated that game and so I feel pretty good about the position Mississippi State is in being on the road in a night game in the Pac-12 is going to be interesting for the body clock Mississippi State because that's going to be uh, after when they're accustomed to playing uh, over here in, in the southeast. But I, I still think those factors Mississippi State can get through. Look, they have to win these games. They have to win this game. Uh, they they need to have a decent season this year in year three of Mike Leach. They're already going to have enough tough SEC games as it is. You can't drop this game. I don't care if it's on the road or not. They, they have to win this game. I think they'll. I think they will because they are, um, again, pretty fundamentally good when it comes to having the type of people they want to run that offense.
8: Brooks, uh, I, I also believe that uh, this Mississippi State team is going to win on Saturday. I mean, you'll, like you guys have said, you look at the Arizona team these last couple of years; they haven't been good. Uh, they weren't good uh, last year, and they're they're trying to build something there. I, I think that they they've got some base there that they're going to start building but you know you like ryan was saying you look at this mississippi state performance last week after the rain after the lightning they came out they they were pretty good and so they they i think that this week you go out west i don't you know you you think about the body clock and everything playing a little bit later game i i I don't know it's going to be that big of a factor for mississippi state i think uh mike leach is going to have them prepared um Properly, because Mike Leach had to do the West Coast to East Coast thing several, uh, a couple times when he was out, out at uh, Washington State. And so he, I, I think that this Mississippi State team is set up well to go out to Arizona and get a win uh, tomorrow.
1: 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Sports Call here today as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line. And joining us here on the program is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into sports call today. Hi, Matt. What's up? Hey, Brooke. Hey man.
10: Who else is there?
1: Got Cam in the studio here.
10: My man, Cam, what's up?
1: What's going on, Matt?
10: Hey, I got I got a question for you guys. Um first I want to talk about the Wake Forest uh Vanderbilt game. And I I don't think Vanderbilt is gonna win all the I don't think they're going to win that many games this year. But what uh, what, uh, what do you guys think the score would be between Vandy and Wake Forest? I got Wake
1: Forest winning. Yeah, I think Wake Forest can win the football game. I, I'm not sure what kind of score that football game could be, but I think Wake Forest, they're a top 25 team, and Vanderbilt has gotten off to a good start. But uh, Sam Hartman coming back at quarterback, I think Wake Forest can score 35, 40 points, and, and maybe Vanderbilt's around the – uh seventeen to, to twenty one range.
10: I got I got I think Wade Park could score forty nine points and Van scored maybe thirteen.
1: Okay. Today
10: okay. today Brooke and Ken, what do you guys think about the Florida Kentucky game?
8: Number 20 Kentucky at number 12 Florida. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think that this Florida team is going to come in with a lot of confidence coming off that big win over Utah last yep. week.
3: Yeah, it was big.
8: Um I you know we we've uh you know we talked about it a little bit over the past, over this week but uh, the Kentucky didn't look great last week in their in their opening game, but I think that coming into you know going into a game against Florida, you're going against one of your bigger rivals uh, on, in the SEC East. I think they're going to have a, a chance to get a win down there in Florida. I, I'm I'm not I wouldn't say that it's a, a done deal for either team to get a win, but would not be shocked if Kentucky goes down there and uh, upset or beats the Gators this week.
10: Yeah. Hey, Ken, what do you think about this uh, tomorrow night's game? Do you think Auburn can improve better than they did against Mer- against Mercer?
3: Yeah, uh, I, th- I think um, it's definitely going to come back down to quarterback play. I think Auburn obviously wins this by a, a wide margin. Um, I think again, it's just kind of like what we talked about when we were um, previewing the Memphis, uh, excuse me, not Memphis, the Mercer game in relative to execution. We want to see how Auburn does with the play calling with how they obviously throwing the ball down the field was something of concern we want to see if TJ's learned from those two picks that he threw last week um, and see if he can kind of lock down this starting position uh, that kind of now seems shaky because he didn't do so well uh, in week one so we just kind of got to see obviously uh, it seems like both Robbie Ashford and TJ Finley are going to touch the field Um, so we're just going to see which one ends up essentially coming out on top and getting the most snaps.
10: Well, last question, and, like, you guys can take turns to answer this question. For the third game against Penn State, you, like, first, JJ, you can come in, and then, like, Brooks and Kim, then you guys can take after what they say, what JJ says. But do you probably see Dallas probably playing –
1: a uh, quarterback against Penn State. Yeah, I uh, look. We have got thirty seconds left in the hour, so I'll, I'll comment quickly, and the guys are going to echo what I say. Yeah, we don't think Zach Calzada's going to get a chance to play. No, versus Penn State because you got T.J. Finley and, and Robbie Ashford in the mix. As well. Uh we gotta get you uh get you on out the door here as the hours coming to a close, so let's do the cheer. Five, four, three, three two, one. one. War, War Eagle, Eagle.
7: Hey Beast hey. 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 Bama forty-eight, forty-five,
10: sixty-three, thirteen. Booyah, Booyah. We're coming through your field, gonna knock you out. Tell me two seconds. Off and going all the way.
1: Okay. All right. Have a good weekend. Talk to you later. Thanks for the call today. War Eagle. That's our pal Matt from Tallahassee joining us on the program. And it brings us to the end of hour number two of Sports Call. Alongside Mr. Ryan Lavoie, Mr. Brooks Childress, and Mr. Cam Berry, I am Mr. JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Third and final hour of sports call getting started. Oh, it's a fun Friday indeed,
7: man.
2: I'm just over here having fun, man. Yeah, yeah. What's going on?
8: Just having fun. Professional over there. radio. One I hour just looked to, go. to
1: the right, and you know Ryan LaVoie is is doing some head bopping and some grooving, feeling, it, good. grooving tunes. to the tune. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you should be allowed to do that. I guess I just wasn't expecting I, I to wasn't see that out of my that, peripherals. Yeah, I wasn't when I turned to you the mic on.
2: Yeah, that was that was uncalled for. I'll I'll, I'll take accountability for that. No, I think that it was, was totally uncalled. called for. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I've ruined the start to this hour, you know. But yeah. that's okay.
8: Well, you know what well, we can okay. do. You. you know what we could do to reset. Yeah. To reset is to <laughs> recap another hour. <laughs> you want to do that? Yeah, we can recap. Like the two-hour recap, yeah, like the Daily like Show do every recap every single day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that either. You you tried to help me out, here we go.
0: We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things?
1: What's happened on I, the show? I was so gonna far? say we were not prepared to speak either. <laughs> what what the two hour re- the daily show read I don't even really know what it's called
2: Good. This um is awful. so we started to talk a little bit about um Football. some of the college football games this weekend we yeah. talked about mississippi state arizona we talked about alabama and texas we played a little audio from paul feinbaum jeff saturday and Stephen a smith bickering over the line which to be fair i brought up with yeah. you guys i wanted to see if it chris was from valley Dicker. called
1: in and asked uh, about it earlier this week
2: sure and uh, we've had a couple phone calls from matt retired M steve and james from montgomery so that's more than a couple that's called three and uh, we've had a good time yeah. today, and uh, we're going to interview Chris Gordy here in just a little bit. And that's not really a recap, but that's just a preview of yeah. things to come. And so it's uh, it's a good time today.
1: We discussed the baseball changes that were voted yes. into uh, into play for the coming years. If
2: you like strategy in baseball, well, that's a tough day for you. <laughs> yeah. And if you just uh, <laughs> like people to not have to ha- take an approach at the plate, today's a great day for you.
1: Does number 20 Kentucky or number 12 Florida win at home? You're predicting Florida.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of <laughs> answered it for me. <laughs> I'm um, holding
2: everybody's predictions. Um except for Brooks. Except for Brooks. Uh I'm taking f- I'm taking Florida. I'm too. taking Florida if I if before a Utah game, you if that had not happened, I would have taken Kentucky. But when Florida can prove to me that they can beat a pretty fundamentally sound Utah team, uh, make a defensive play on Cam Rising there at the end of the game. And look, Anthony Richardson looked damn good. Well, I mean he we've talked about i was talking about this earlier this week that anthony richardson you know everyone's going to just crush dan mullen for not playing him more last year but richardson threw five interceptions and what i say like 60 pass attempts last year like a game and a half or two games worth of pass attempts when mullen gave him an opportunity last year richardson did not meet that moment at least as a thrower he ran the ball very effectively and everyone saw that but now he st- he had a good passing game against Utah to complement obviously the great athletic things he can do. So if he continues to pass like that, uh, and look this system for Billy Napier. Uh, it's some pistol. It's a lot. It, it utilizes the mobile quarterback. That's something he did when he was with the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Is he wanted a guy that could run? So in this, really seems to work with what Anthony Richardson's skill set is. Kentucky's a good team. Brooks mentioned it a little earlier. They did didn't look as clean as I would have wanted them to against Miami of Ohio. I still think Kentucky will have a quality season, um, but I respect the Swamp. I respect what Florida did week one, and Florida's got a heck of an opportunity uh, to really change the narrative of what this team can be this year if they can get this game too. So I'm going to take Florida at home.
8: Brooks. Uh, Florida is a six-point favorite at home. And I, I think this is going to be the tale of two quarterbacks this week. You know, you got Will Levis there getting a lot of NFL praise preseason. Uh, you know, he wasn't terrible in that first uh, in that in that first game. He was twenty-one or thirty-two for three hundred three yards and three touchdowns. But like like you said, Ryan, like we've mentioned, they didn't look great in their first week game. Uh, Anthony Richardson looked pretty good. He ran. Like, he was the leading rusher coming into this game with eleven carries, one hundred six yards, three touchdowns on the day for the Gators. Um, I I think you know, I, you look at this matchup, I don't think Kentucky's gonna let him run as much as what Utah did last week. Uh, but I think it could be a, this game could get to a shootout uh, esque of what we kind of see in the big 12 quite often. Uh, I, one main factor I think is Florida's going to have to shut down the passing game. You got Tavion uh, Robinson, who's the leading receiver of Kentucky last week, six receptions, 136 yards on the afternoon. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I think Florida, the, I think the environment at the swamp is, can be as good as last week, but I, I'm, I'm going to lean toward Kentucky. I think Kentucky gets their feet under them. They kind of got a, I, I'm going to say that, that Miami Ohio game was a little bit of a wake up call. And I think they're going to go – I don't think it's going to be uh, – they're going to win by more than a touchdown. I think it's going to be very, very close. But I think I'm going to go take Kentucky with the upset.
1: I'm a big fan of Florida and what they're going to be able to do in this matchup against Kentucky. Anthony Richardson did look really, really impressive. And so, uh, yeah, give me the Gators to win this one on Saturday there in Gainesville. South Carolina at number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas, the home squad. Spencer Rattler takes the show on the road. As uh, we get set for this one, and what do you guys think? Arkansas and South Carolina, who do you think can walk away with a victory here? Uh, I've got
3: um, Arkansas winning this one. Um, seems like South Carolina kind of got to a little bit of a rocky start last week. Um, yeah. Spencer Spencer Rattler kind of struggled a little bit. Um, I think Arkansas is just going to come out um, and just kind of ball out.
2: Um, no
1: doubt. No doubt. Yeah, what do you think, Ryan?
2: Yeah, so I I think, uh, I think Arkansas, they showed that they do have an issue or two against Cincinnati, not devaluing Cincinnati, because I think that Luke Fickle has proven that he can kind of put the program in a, in a good place over time, um, and that is not just that one team that was good about Cincinnati. But I, I think that with Arkansas, they're just going to be – I think trouble for South Carolina's defense and I I think South Carolina will make their yards offensively. I know that Rattler wasn't great South Carolina wasn't great against Georgia state, but like I said, that issue for Arkansas that I'm kind of referring to is that they gave up a lot of passing yards to Cincinnati. Once their new quarterback kind of got going in the second quarter and got his feet wet after the first few drives, he really started to, to play better. And so I think that, uh, South Carolina will score some points, make some yards, but I think Arkansas at home will be consistently good offensively. Come up with the stop or two they need. I think Arkansas wins by about seven to ten points at home.
8: Brooks, I'd say, isn't it just fun that South Carolina they didn't get off to the best start? But it's the, the the team that they didn't get off to a great start with was one of the teams that Auburn kind of struggled with last year, that Georgia State team that had to bring T.J. Finley in to win that football game late for Auburn. That's who South Carolina got to start the year, and they kind of struggled in that first half. They didn't really kick it in uh, and separate themselves till the second half started. I think South Carolina can put up some yards, like, like you guys have said, passing. I think that uh, Spencer Rattler and his connection last week with Jalen Brooks – uh he went and it's not just because his last name is Brooks uh but four four receptions for 88 yards leading the team in in receptions last week or receiving yards last week um but Arkansas I I think that they've got a good enough team and I think they've got a good enough running game that they're going to be able to come into this one they're at home 11 a.m. I think the Hogs get it done at home this week
1: College football week two, we're getting set for the start of it tomorrow, including San Jose State and Auburn. From here on the Plains, Jordan-Hare Stadium kickoff set for 6.30 p.m. local time here tomorrow night. We got to take our first time out of the final hour of the program today. On the other side of this break, Chris Gordy is the host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us next right here on Sports SportsGolf.
0: May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi,
9: my
5: name is what? My name is what? My name is...
0: Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress on this Friday on the Plains. And we are so stoked to be able to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our good pals, Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, back here with us as we get set for week two of the college football season. Chris, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things going for you? How much fun have you enjoyed having football back in our lives?
11: I mean, it's been great. I mean I don't know, you know, necessarily if that NFL game was as good but um you know, last night, but man, week one into college football, we uh it's looking pretty good. I mean, outside of L S U on Sunday night, um, you know, the SEC had a chance to go undefeated there, but uh I like what we saw in week one. I think we figured out a lot.
1: Yeah, it was fun to see all these games back and to be able to have all these opinions start to formulate, see where we were right and wrong, and I know it's a little bit too early to have all of those overreactions. Uh, we'll talk about the SEC and then focus on Auburn a little bit later in the discussion, uh, but you take a look at week one. Who were kind of those big winners in the conference, you think?
11: Yeah, I mean, obviously Georgia was, was the most impressive. I mean, playing in an Oregon team that we think is going to be pretty good, but, um, you know, I, I thought what they did – I always said I thought Georgia's offense was going to be more explosive with Stetson Bennett more comfortable in it, and it was. But I did not expect Georgia's defense to be as dominant as they were. I, I think we made too much out of all the pieces they lost in the offseason you know, all the guys that got drafted and all that and neglected to recognize all the good pieces they were bringing back. You know, I'm watching that defense, and I'm seeing Christopher Smith and Keely Ringo and, you know, Jalen Carter and all these pieces. I'm like – Maybe we underestimated the Georgia defense. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as last year, but man, they they certainly look like it in their first test. So Georgia very impressive to me. Alabama, you know, looked like Alabama, although you know a little bit statistical anomaly. You know, them not having a sack I thought was very surprising. But kudos to Utah State; they did a a good job of getting the ball out quick. They just didn't do anything with it. They got it out quick and avoided sacks. They just didn't you know, turn it into first downs and keep the chains moving at all. Right. But, uh, you know, offensively, I'll tell you this, Bryce Young barely ran the football last year. I mean, they would use him on rollouts and get his feet moving and look down the field, but if he's going to tuck it and run it and, you know, show his mobility off as another weapon in his game, then man, that's just going to make them that much more dangerous. So impressive Bama, impressive Georgia, very impressive Florida. Uh, Florida is exactly what I've been talking about all offseason, saying that, you know, if they stay healthy, they have some major weapons. Um, you know, if they can stay healthy, and Anthony Richardson is one of them, and I thought he was perfect in the Billy Napier offense. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see what, what Florida does. If they get a win over Kentucky this week. man, that'll be that'll be huge. But just you know, maybe uh, what what was I disappointed with? Obviously LSU just looking like they weren't ready to go. Um, you know, I almost wish it would have been foot for LSU. They play Southern this week, and they'll get everything right but you almost wish they could have flipped in and played Southern Week 1 and played Florida State this week. I think LSU would have looked a lot better and probably would have beat Florida State. And then uh, disappointed with Kentucky's offensive line, disappointed with South Carolina's offensive line. Those were two that, uh, you know, I, I had question marks about coming into this year, and, and they did not, you know, Kentucky, Will Levis was under pressure much of that first half, and then Spencer Rattler. You know, South Carolina loves all their running backs that they have, but, They couldn't really get much going on the ground game, and Spencer Radler was under pressure constantly. So, those are just kind of some big picture takeaways from week one.
2: And Chris, in week two, we have our first couple of conference games. You just mentioned South Carolina. They go to Arkansas. Uh, Then you have Kentucky and Florida in what is now a top 25 matchup, kind of talking about those two games in particular uh, and maybe even that Florida and Kentucky game more. So that seems like a uh, already fairly significant game in the East. Obviously we know Georgia is is by far the favorite, but uh, that number two spot seemed to be Tennessee or Kentucky coming into the season, and now you have Florida uh, immediately uh, putting maybe the East on notice with that win over Utah. What do you think of that Florida and Kentucky game in particular?
11: Yeah, the 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 Florida Kentucky game is just interesting because Kentucky has been a little bit more competitive in that series in recent years, but there still have been some blowouts. Um, and, and so I think somebody brought up, you know, in 2018 and 2020, I think were blowouts. And so you know, it, it would make sense if, if this one is a blowout. But uh, you know, Kentucky has started to at least compete better with Florida in recent years in that rivalry. and So. Uh, I just wonder, going into a hostile environment, and, I mean, Swamp brought it last week against Utah. You know, can they bring it again for a second week? I think they absolutely can. And, uh, you know, if Will Levis and Kentucky don't come in ready to go and they're not protecting him, they're going to find themselves in trouble. But the bigger picture with Kentucky was they weren't, you know, able to run the football with and Smoke. they without Chris Rodriguez still. They're starting running back. And so I think that's a big blow to them. But I do think the Kentucky defensive front's going to do a better job of shutting down the – Florida run game, and particularly, I think JJ Weaver said it the other day. We're not letting Anthony Richardson run all over us like he did at Utah. So uh, I say challenge accepted, and, and let's see what they're able to do. But the more and more, I look at it, the more I think it's going to be a close game. I think I picked Florida to win it twenty-seven to twenty. Um, would love to see Kentucky win this game. Look, Kentucky, all the hype we had about Will Levis coming into this season and Mark Stoops. Man, this would be a big blow to your season if you take a loss in week two to a rebuilding Florida team. So. This is one that, when Kentucky looked at their schedule, they said, we got to have that one in week two. And if you're Florida, think of how this, the trajectory of this season changes. If you win this game and you start 2 0 man, you're putting Georgia on notice, saying, hey, that game in Jacksonville in a few weeks, we're ready for you. We're, we're much better than, than people thought we were going to be. So uh, that's a fun one. Arkansas, in uh, South Carolina, I just don't know. Like they used to say with uh, Saturday Night Live, they had like, some of the cast members not ready for prime time players. I feel like South Carolina is that, you know, the Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer, all this off-season hype, but, man, I just wonder, going up to Arkansas, playing KJ Jefferson, playing this veteran team, you know, are you not quite ready for prime time yet? Uh, I will say I was a little surprised how poorly Arkansas secondary played last week. Cincinnati moved the ball up and down the field on them, and they made mistakes. They turned the ball over. They fumbled the ball away. They did all kinds of dumb things, but, you know, And Spencer Rattler, if they can give him some time to throw, I think he can move the ball up and down the field in Arkansas because Jalen Catalan's banged up, Miles is banged up. So uh, maybe South Carolina will have a chance to move the football. But, uh, uh, you know, if I had to bank on that one, I'm taking Arkansas at home. And then, of course, the big one, Alabama and Texas and Austin, uh, you know, for the big non conference game. I'm still surprised that line hasn't moved at all, that Alabama's been right around a three touchdown favorite. And, Look, I think Alabama's very good, but that's going to be, you know, Alabama struggled last year when they went into some hostile environments, if you remember, when they went into the swamp. Uh, Florida turned it on the second half, and they made that a game. Uh, of course, we all remember the Iron Bowl last year, how poorly Alabama played in that one. So, you know, if Alabama's not careful, and they go in there, and they make mental mistakes, and turn the ball over a couple times, don't let that Texas crowd into it, because they could you know, you can find yourself into a game, and again, I think it's a game Alabama still wins, but you know, if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm looking at this line, I certainly would at least be considering maybe taking Texas under 20 points because, you know, if anything, maybe Alabama gets up big and then, uh, you know, calls the dogs off late and maybe Texas gets the backdoor cover. So always something to think out think about from the betting line. But yeah, I'm really curious just to see how te- how Alabama responds in a tough road hostile environment because it's already a sellout. Most Texas fans said they're going to bring it.
8: Chris, uh, I'm going to take advantage of early season to, to talk about this team because we may not get to talk about them once we hit uh, the heart of conference play, but how about this Vandy start to the year?
11: Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, they've been one of the more fun stories of the season already at 2-0 and at Mike Wright. It's been outstanding. Six touchdowns last week, which is a, a Vandy quarterback record, but that said, you get a big ranked uh, top 25 Wake Forest team coming in with their quarterback Sam Hartman coming back, and you know, I've seen Wake is around like a thirteen, fourteen point uh, favorite, and I just say, like Vandy, when's the time, man? Let's turn this thing around. Let's get a big home victory over a ranked team. Um, I think I, I didn't pick Vandy with the with the win, but with the upset, but I did pick him to cover the points. I just, you know, I know they gave up points against Elon last week, but man, week to week things change and so things are different. I think they're going to come, you know, a little bit more aggressive this week defensively against Sam Hartman and. You know, Mike Wright and offense just keep doing the thing, man. They look so good again. It's, it's Hawaii and Elon, so it's a bigger test going against the Wake Forest defense. But I'm rooting for Vandy, man. If they can get this win, I think Noka picked them to win this one too. So if they can get this one, I keep saying it. Vandy is going to win an SEC game this year. I don't know who it is, whether it's the Zoo or South Carolina or somebody, but I think Vandy's going to win an SEC game this year, and that's certainly a step forward for Clark Lee.
2: Chris, someone who had kind of a ho hum. Uh, first week with Texas A&M. They did shut out Sam Houston. However, they did have some offensive difficulties, only 3.4 yards a carry on 32 rushes, and then Haynes King, a couple of turnovers. Uh, what is your confidence level on the Texas A&M offense? Because everyone understands the talent that A&M has. They're obviously a highly ranked team because of it, but there are still some real questions with this offense. So where do you stand on on, on what this offense will become and what this team will be?
11: Yeah, there are huge questions for A&M, and you know where do I stand on their offense right now? Not very impressed. But that said, you're playing a pretty good Appalachian State team. Go out there and show me. Uh, I was very disappointed with their run game in Week One. Uh, a chain has been a guy that everybody's been hyping up, and and he's had some good moments in the SEC. But it's time for him to step up and be that guy. And uh, you know, when have you seen a Jimbo Fisher team not able to run the football at will? Uh, I thought Sam Houston did a really good job of shutting it down. But they got to go at App State this week and. That's a team that North Carolina you know, scored a bunch of points on a week ago, I think 61 points. So I would say if I'm A&M, a and i got to go right at them. And, and Hank King, look, it was a mixed bag. Did he make some really nice throws down the field? Yes. He also made a couple of boneheaded throws with two interceptions. So uh, the defense did play very well for A&M, though. I'm expecting them to be much more aggressive this week and get after App State. And I'll tell you this, guys, to see the recruiting firsthand – uh, this is the first time I looked at a and m's defensive line and commented to somebody who I was watching the game with. I said, Th- those guys are bigger. Those guys are way bigger than recent A uh, and m defensive fronts in recent years. so the, the big four and five star recruits are showing through and, and they're, uh, you know, and they're bring- bringing it on that defense. So I think A and m's defense is, is going to be what's car- what's going to carry him throughout much of this year, but we got to see more from the offense and more consistent play from Haynes King this
1: week. Chris Gordy is the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, and he's joining us here on Sports Call today in Auburn. Let's turn our attention to the planes here, Chris. Auburn picks up the 42-16 win over Mercer, in which two quarterbacks got a lot of run. in Finley and Robbie Ashford, uh, what were your major takeaways from the Auburn game?
11: Yeah, I-, I thought Finley made some good throws. I thought he made some not-so-good throws. But, man, it- it's hard not to be impressed with what Robbie Ashford did. I mean... I thought he made some nice throws, and the running ability is undeniable uh, what he brings. You know, we knew, we, we kept hearing there were going to be some designed runs for him, and, you know, I think, you know, like Brian Harson said this week, I think he can't not play both guys, but here's here's what i say, though. Going into this week against San, San Jose State, if Finley struggles at all, like if he throws, uh, you know, a couple interceptions again this week and looks off, I would not be afraid to, to turn to turn things over to Robbie Ashford and say, hey, you know what? On the road to Penn State, let's go. You're our guy. If he plays well and Finley struggles. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Simley's going to play well this week against San Jose State. I think he's going to remain the starter. But I think you're still going to have the wrinkles and the different plays that Robbie Ashford brings. But if you're Brian Harson, man, again, like, I don't know how – I don't know how to put it this. Way. I don't know how you stick with T.J. Finley as a starter. If he goes out there and throws another couple of interceptions this week, and doesn't look very good. So – um again this is your dress rehearsal treat it like a dress rehearsal we, we know the run game looks good we know tank is good uh and hunter and those guys but uh this is your dress re- dress rehearsal for the road trip to penn state this week and uh i'm, I'm really going to hold tj Finley to a higher standard this week and say we need you to be great and i think he can
7: be
1: yeah and just fortunately for auburn that game penn state at home inside jordan here stadium uh right, next week right, sorry, with uh sorry, yeah, you're, yeah. A, a crazy wideout that they got to uh experience last year now those uh pennsylvania folks get to come down to the plains and see what that's like so talking about this auburn team though the messaging from harson has been a lot of hey this two quarterback system can work and we know that he did that at boise state but i ask you the question in 2022 in the sec do you really think you could play two quarterbacks
11: I think you can as long as both are effective, right? I mean, it's, you know, I I hate the stupid adage, you got two quarterbacks, you got none. No, you got two who are good. You got two who are good. I mean, that's just what it is. So, and two guys who do different things and bring different things to the table. So, um, you know, ultimately, yeah, when things go wrong, you want to place the blame at the foot of one guy and, and that sort of thing. But I think you, I mean, look, I don't think you're going to win a national championship playing two guys. But can Auburn have a really good season and win eight, maybe nine games this year playing both guys? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I don't fall into that adage. I, I think it's fine. And, and Brian Harkin seemed to echo those sentiments this week. And, and he said, we, we can play both guys, and if they both play well, we're going to do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I adhere to that. But, again, I, I'm going to continue to hold Finley to a higher standard because I know how good he can be. I mean, I saw the kid – uh, cool under pressure in those games against, at LSU that he played, and then obviously went to a hostile environment at Auburn, got his butt kicked. But, uh, you know, the, the, the TJ Finley we saw down the stretch of last season, I don't think was the TJ Finley that, uh, that that's the real TJ Finley. I think TJ still has a lot of talent in there, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow. and I'm excited to see what he does this week. I think he'll look much better this week.
8: And Chris, another offseason question that was for this Auburn Tigers team was the wide receivers. Yet saw a lot of guys get on the field for the Tigers this past Saturday. What were your thoughts on the wide receiver play for the Auburn Tigers?
11: Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, I still, I want to get Shed. You know, there's so many great receivers in the SEC right now that we just didn't, like I want to see more. I want to see more from Shed. I want to see more from, obviously, Keishon Boutte at at LSU. I want to see a little bit more you the Alabama guys, Kobe Prentice, the freshman there, I thought looked great in his first game, but I want to see more from him. Uh, I think there's room to grow there. I mean, we, we know how good Shank is at, at, at tight end. Um, obviously, the the run game is going to be where their bread is, butter, bread is buttered this year. But, yeah, you, know, you want to get Shed involved a little bit more. And, you know, I, I think he has a chance to be one of the best wide receivers in the SEC when it's all said and done. So, um yeah, it, it, it's a work in progress, but a lot of the things with the offense was a work in progress. But look, all the damn rain delays we had last week and <laughs> lightning delays, I thought that threw a lot of things off for all for all the teams involved. So here's hoping we will be more continuity this week.
1: Chris Gordy, a colleague of mine with the Locked On Podcast Network, he is the host of the Locked On SEC podcast. Chris, how can we support that podcast? How can we find it?
11: Yeah, just search Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcasts. We're up on YouTube now with the the video version of the show and uh yeah appreciate you guys checking it out we had some great interviews this week with Lynn Scarborough from Wendy Sports and Chris Marlow from Saturday Down South and a lot of a uh, lot of great guests every week so I encourage you to check it out and uh we're having fun man it's we're gonna keep this thing rocking and rolling and let's see if the SEC could have another 13-1 week this week well I guess that's not possible because we've got two conferences, right. <laughs> but maybe we'll get 12 wins this week
1: I love it Chris thanks so much for the time we'll talk again soon okay all right, thanks, guys. That's Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, and he's joining us here on Sports Call.
0: Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Sports Call AU.
4: This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call.
1: Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Brooks Childress, Cam Berry, And Ryan LaVoy, just a few minutes left in today's show. Our thanks again to Chris Gordy, the host of the Locked On SEC podcast, for joining us here on the program today. And, Brooks,
8: what would you think of Mr. Gordy's performance? Uh, Elite as always. That's how I would break it down, too. I mean, you know, he, he hosts Locked On SEC for a reason, and he knows so much about what goes on in the conference. You know, we, we talk about, you know, we watch the games every Saturday. We, we know what we're, we're talking about. But then you get a guy on that it's his job to focus in on the entire conference. You know, we, we like I said, we watch all the games every single week, but we're more hyper-focused on what Auburn does because right. we're an Auburn sports talk show. You're right. And overall, we, we like Auburn more than the other SEC teams. But when you go to a guy that's got to watch everything objectively, and we got to talk about every team, it's it's great to get different perspectives throughout the year on the conference. And in
1: the coming years, he's going to have two more teams join his responsibilities that he's going to have to keep up with when Texas and Oklahoma join the league, and we'll continue to have those chats with Chris Gordy, gets the host this weekend. of the Locked On SEC podcast. Do you want to pass this along as we're winding down The show today coming up on Sunday. Sunday is 9-11, and on 9-11, 21 years ago, thousands of people were killed and injured in the worst terrorist attack in our nation's history. Today, the anniversary of 9-11 has grown to become one of the largest days of service in America. We invite you to take part in this important national observance along with what millions of others and those of us at station by joining together in the spirit of unity and spending time on September 11th volunteering, supporting charities, or performing simple good deeds that help others. Visit 911day.org to find out what you can do to support. It's coming up on Sunday. All right, Auburn football tomorrow. It's Auburn and San Jose State. The game will be played uh, inside Jordan-Hare Stadium and kickoff is set for 6:30 p.m. We all like Auburn to win. How decisively does Auburn win? What are our kind of predictions for what will play out in this football game?
3: I don't know cuz I last week I predicted a shutout and that didn't happen even though it <laughs> should have happened. Um I'm going to go I'm going to go 45
1: That's a fun score. I like it. I like it. Some touchdowns on the board. A field goal. Defense plays pretty well. I can get behind it.
2: Yeah, I have something very similar, about a 30-point margin. Steve was talking about Auburn covering. I think the line was, what, about 23, 27? 24. 24. I can read fingers. (laughs) Um, 24. So, I, I have it about a touchdown over. And, look, I think when you're looking at this game, um, you just want to see um, – I think it, you could make an argument here, and I wouldn't – I don't subscribe to that argument. You could make an argument. You want to see T.J. Finley not play well if you if you if you oh, want oh, Robbie gosh. Ashford to be the guy. But I think the reality is they're going to play T.J. Finley in this Penn State game coming up, and, and he's going to be a part of this situation at least for the Penn State game. And so you're rooting for him to correct the mistakes that he made – in week one, and uh, you don't want to see those turnovers. But I, I want to see Robbie Ashford more too, and uh, I want to see him uh, have some opportunities to throw various types of passes, have some deep balls, and of course get involved in that running game as well. But uh, I think Auburn will win pretty handily, maybe just a just a little bit bigger margin than that Mercer game, what ultimately became what was that a twenty six point margin?
8: So. Yeah, Brooks objectively, San Jose State it should be a better team coming into Auburn than Mercer was last week. They're a Division 1 football team. They play in a pretty decent conference in the Mountain West. But you look at their performances coming, you know, both teams coming in. Mercer came in and just blew out Morehead State before they played Auburn. San Jose State came in and had to squeak out a victory against an FCS opponent in Portland State. I, they've got some weapons on that offense. Their their quarterback Cordero is a it, Brian Harson talked about it earlier this week. He's a dual threat guy. He can throw it. He can run it. And some in in the past you've seen in the past few years, uh, dual threat quarterbacks have kind of puzzled the Auburn defense uh, to start things off before they start to a little adjust a little bit. Uh, they've got a decent wide receiver. His name's Elijah Cooks. He had six receptions for 123 yards this past weekend. Uh, you know that, that's going to be a, a test for this secondary for this Auburn team is to cover him. I think this weekend you got to have another big performance from Tank Bigsby. Uh, I I think that Auburn should not have a problem with San Jose State. I think they come out. I I'm same way. I think they do cover the 24, 24 points. Uh, maybe just around there, not too many over it, but I think the twenty four points is a good line. Uh, and yeah, I I want to see T.J. Finley. Correct those mistakes from last week that we saw the the two interceptions. Also, I'm along the same lines as Ryan. I want to see a little bit more uh, Robbie Ashford out there to see what he can give him a little bit more of the offense to work with. I would not hate if you could get to the point, maybe you see Zach Calzada thrown out there at the very end, you know, just to see see what he's got. But overall, you just you really want to see TJ Finley make the make the adjustments from last week that that he went and looked at practice film and was able to correct things. You really want to see more of Robbie Ashford in this offense and you really really need to see another big game from Take Bigsby this week.
1: Auburn football, yeah. I think they play well. I think they win against San Jose State decisively on Saturday. Let's go 52 to 13 for me the final score for Auburn. All right, let's get your TV guide. 60 seconds left.
0: Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide.
1: Our Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by your local TK's convenience store today. Pick up a variety pack of White Claw. A variety pack of White Claw and uh, enjoy it
8: this weekend. Your beverages of choice. What's on television tonight, Brooks? Oh, uh, well, tonight we've got some great sports action. Not going to give you any movie picks this evening because we've got some good sports on tonight. Starting at 6 o'clock on ESPN U.S. Open Tennis, the second men's semifinal. It is Carlos Alcaraz versus Francis Tiafoe. Winner will play, I don't remember, it. it Rude. Uh, he yes. just won his uh, semifinal in the final on Sunday. Also tonight, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series continues as they take on Kansas Motor Speedway at the Kansas Lottery 200 tonight. You've got some high school football action from the state of Florida at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. Lake Gibson takes on Lehigh. I'm sure there's some top prospects you can watch in that one. 9 o'clock tonight, the late uh, late soccer action. Some Liga MX soccer as Juarez takes on Monterey, if that is your uh, prerogative. Uh, also, Braves back in action tonight at 8.40 p.m. on Apple TV+. They take on Seattle, first of three against the Mariners. And then, of course, college football back in action tonight. The late game is in the Mountain West Conference. It's the first Mountain West game of the year. Boise State taking on New Mexico. Boise State's a 17-point favorite. And, of course, 6.30 on ESPN2. The Gus Bus is back. Taking on Scott Satterfield and the Louisville Cardinals. UCF, a six point favorite tonight. And that is look at your nightly TV guy brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Thank you, Brooks. We'll Abs- see you next week. Yes, Have a good sir. weekend.
1: Canberry, enjoy the weekend. We'll see you soon. Will do. And Ryan Lavoy, appreciate you as always. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good weekend. You That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to Chris Gordy for joining us on the program and for stopping by for Ryan Lavoy. Brooks Childress and Cambiri. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.